You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. We have a really different episode for you guys this week. We are talking to our amazing guest about children and entrepreneurship, which is totally different than anything we've ever talked about before. Our guest is also a man, which we have not had a man on our podcast before. And it's, yeah, a boss dad. It's just super inspiring. A great episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. But as usual, before we get started, let's catch up a little and dive into our highs and lows. Um, sure. So my high, um, I will say just happened today and it was super brief, but some backstory. My husband and I have come to the realization that we are helicopter parents. (laughs) (laughs) So we just hover around our kids so much. And I never imagined myself being like that. Although, I mean, I guess it makes sense but I'm just so careful with them and I'm a careful person as it is so I like especially want to protect my babies so we're super like just on them or with them all the time we're trying to loosen up a little bit so today um they put in this new park um in our town and it has a paved um like pump track and little mini like skate park which is so cool. And the actual playground and everything's closed still because of COVID, but um, riding bikes is fine. You're not touching anything. So Mm -hmm. it's open. And we went there with Mike the other day, all four of us, and we like ran around on it and it was super cool. So Michael just got a scooter the other day, just like a little razor scooter, you know, not Mm -hmm. not electric or anything. Um, And he's been dying to go to the park to ride it. So we had gone, um, Stopped by my in-laws for a little bit. And then on the way home, I was like, okay, we'll stop by. But we're not going to stay very long. Um, We can come back tomorrow during the day when it's, like, not busy. Because we had tried to go before and there's just too many kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So we stopped there today. It is scary. Like, I would be, yeah, the hill, like, the hills and the bumps and stuff are pretty high. Like, I would be nervous to try it. I haven't ridden a bike in forever. But it was intimidating. So we got there. There were a, f- a few kids um, there riding, like, about my kids' ages, on bikes and scooters, just hauling, like, just going over the little things super fast. It was intimidating, to say yeah. the least. So my kids are like, yeah, we want to we try. And I was like, are you sure? Okay, um, why don't you guys, like, start at the bottom? Half of me is, like, super nervous that one of the other kids is going to run into them mm-hmm. or run over them. And then also I'm like, okay, like you guys don't know how fast you're going to be going down these hills. Long story short, they tried it a few times and they did awesome. Like neither of them fell. Um, They didn't go off like the super high ones or anything, but like Michael and Piper were cruising around the outside, the like smaller ones, way more than I thought they would be. So it was super, I was super proud and I was like, okay, I'm just like, you got to let them try things. Like it's okay if they get some bumps and scrapes. That's how you learn. Um, I was proud of myself for stepping back. We are planning on going back tomorrow morning. Hopefully there'll be like no one there. 
yeah. I'm gonna have everyone like padded up to the <laughs> nines. So, but it'll be fun, and I'm excited for them to to you know try something new and kind of venture out. Because I mean, they're they're pretty cautious, not too adventurous kids either. So like nice. getting them out of their shell. So that was pretty exciting. Good job. I know it's yeah. hard to do. Yeah, so my low next week will be, oh, I broke my leg at the freaking skate park. No. Don't even tempt <laughs> right? me. I know, I know. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. My low will, okay, happened, um, I don't know, just the other day. We're doing remote learning. And this week, or like last week, it started to pick up a little bit, like giving them more um, actual assignments. And my son had like his his first like real assignment, and it was just it was to draw a picture of your family. And then there's like some lines at the bottom of the page if you want to write about your family, but they're in kindergarten, so most of them aren't ready to write. So I'm like, okay, bud, like let's draw your family. He lost it. He was just crying, didn't want to do it, and I'm like sitting there, and he's like, can you help me? And I was like, well basically he's like can't you do it I was like I can't do it like she specifically said in the video we cannot help you she wants to see how you do I was like it doesn't have to be perfect it's just like you could just draw stick figures like however you can do it just do it and he it was just too much for him and I think because he doesn't do a lot of drawing and he doesn't he's like pretty confident in the things that he's really good at but was nervous to do something that maybe he's not as good at um I just had to I try like took a break I tried to come back later that day to get him to do it and he just it was just a nightmare so I was like okay we I had him um he wrote a little like long sentence instead I was Mm -hmm. like well you can write I'll help you spell and you can write and we'll at least get that done yeah so that was pretty like my first, oh my God, how are we even going to do this? Like if I can't get him to draw a picture, we're so screwed for this yeah. year. Like that's like basic kindergarten and he yeah. can draw, like he's a great drawer. I don't know what it, his mood was that day, but um, be nervous, he, like on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so. And just was in the mood. So I actually tried again, like on, on Saturday afternoon and, um, he like went ahead and drew it, no problem, and drew like oh. a little. Or oh, and this is our alien friend, and he like had to do a video explaining what it is and everything, and he did great. So Good. made it over that hump, but it was pretty scary and disheartening to be like, okay, this is this is not a good start. How are, how in the hell are we gonna get through this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, and like you're not a teacher, obviously, and then right. with your own kid patience is thinner than you know what it would be in the classroom with a teacher mm-hmm. yeah. that'd be really hard not to like just draw the picture <laughs> no well and I'm I'm like trying to be so like sensitive to okay what should I be saying them I don't want to like scar them for life like you want to yeah. build them up there's just so many angles to think about when you're speaking to your kids just in general so at first I was like, look, dude, we got to just do it. This is school. Like, this isn't hard. Just do it. And then I was like, okay, that's probably not nice. So I was like, okay, like, you don't have to make it perfect, buddy. Just like, like, try just like all the things. It was a mm-hmm. freaking roller coaster all around. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad he got over that. But um, yeah. I really am hoping that we don't encounter anything else like that because it was hard. Yeah, yeah. well, you probably will. But now you kind of know how to 
get over that hump and you'll just get better at overcoming those obstacles as it goes on. And then maybe you'll go back to school and be a teacher. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, yeah, you never know. Miracles happen. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, okay, so my high, surprisingly, is we started potty training, Nora. Which I'm honestly shocked that this is my high. I really was thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna have a really good low for the podcast this week. But we started on Wednesday just because the smoke was so bad. So when you guys hear this, it will be just a full week in a day. Um, But we were like, I was just getting, going crazy. Like you guys heard last week, I just wanted to get out of the house. Obviously, like so many of us felt so trapped. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to be trapped when we potty train anyway. I've already read the book. I bought the oh crap method. And it says in there, clear your schedule for an entire week. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to want to be trapped in the house for a week again anytime in the near future let's just bite the bullet we've been talking about it like screw it let's do it and see what happens and it helped a lot with my mental health because yes we were still trapped inside but I had something that I was doing even you know even though we were trapped inside and so just like quickly the method is you know there there's like these blocks that you have to do and block one is getting them to go from not knowing any like any concept of peeing at all to like oh I peed even if they start peeing on the ground you just get them to the potty to the potty and they're naked for three days and you know or less depending on how quickly they move through the blocks and then block two is they can confidently get onto the potty and go while they have clothes on it but commando so it's like a dress or so we did two days of a dress and one day of pants And she is just like, honestly, she's just killing it. And I don't know why I thought anything differently. Like we were out of block one basically the first day, but I did it for two days just to be safe. She just like can pull up and down her own pants. Today was the Mm -hmm. first day we did pants. And she just like, my little baby walks over to the potty and pulls down her pants and sits down. And she's like self-initiating just like, We'll remind her sometimes, but like several times throughout the day, she just walked over there. She's like, oh, potty. And just walked over there and like pulled down her little pants all by herself. And then um, we also started to try a couple little outings. So we've gone in the car twice. We've gone on two walks around the block. And today on our walk, we were almost home. And she's like, oh, pee. And so I was like, oh, you got to pee? Okay. So we got home as quickly as we could. As soon as we got in the door, she just like pulled down her little pants and peed. Like she can hold it. She like, she's just doing so good. I'm just so proud of her. And I just, oh man, I thought it was going to be a nightmare. And we just got so lucky because she is amazing. So we're not doing nighttime training yet or nap. Um, But we, I don't know, I have a bunch of mixed emotions about that. That can be a whole nother episode. But like, because in the book, it's saying you should wake them up like two times a night to try to get to know their pee schedules, which I'm like, I don't want to do that. I kind of just want to see if it will just happen. Yeah. Uh, But so, yeah, I I, like reached out in our boss ladies group. So thank you for everybody who gave me advice on what to do. It's just everything's been so helpful. And she's just like just the most perfect baby I'm so proud of her she just makes me so proud yeah oh that's awesome that's of course she is just the best like 
freaking best kid ever. And yeah, I think the sleep train, like the sleep potty training thing, I think it's like a whole different beast because their little bodies like can't hold pee all night. Yeah. And then to have her be able to like get up in the middle of the night, leave her room and go to the bathroom mm-hmm. by herself is a whole nother thing. So yeah. I, I remember my kids wore either like diapers or pull-ups at night for a while. And then even just like for a while after they were dry every night to just mm-hmm. kind of get used to it. And I yeah. mean, there's still yeah. accidents and whatever. Yeah, but... exactly. I think I'm just going to like, she's only two, just no yeah. pressure, just kind of see, you know, what happens with night stuff so I'm just trying to relax on that so but yeah I'm I'm so shocked that's my high I think tomorrow we're going to try to resume normal life activities Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna go to our stroller strides class and I bought like this little travel potty that can go in the back of your car and then it can like pop up outside which I'm like I feel kind of weird about that but I mean it's like if she's gotta go she's gotta go like yeah also like can I use that (laughs) um yeah take that if you ever go camping at last time I packed the baby potty because I was like you never know you never know yeah so yeah so it's going really really good knock on wood because you know we're still only not even a weekend so every day could be a new adventure um my low was going to be something else but this is just too awful not to share so um Saturday we went on a little walk around the block um, with Nora and my husband and our dog and I, and we saw this abandoned, uh, wasp nest on the ground. And so my husband was like, Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that nest. It's huge. And like, we kind of stopped and we're just kind of like standing there kind of looking at it from a distance. And all of a sudden, not from the nest, from somewhere random, this wasp just comes and Stings my husband literally in the middle of his forehead. Oh, no. He, you guys, he's allergic to wasps. <gasps> oh, no. And it seemed like everything was going to be okay. Like, a few hours later, he was fine. It, you know, it it wasn't bad. And it was like, I don't know where this guy came from. I'm kind of thinking the nest was killed during the day when everybody wasn't there. And I just have this, like vision of this wasp trying to return home and seeing its home on the ground and Quentin just standing there and it's like you killed my family because he's like that that guy went in for the kill like in the middle of his forehead yeah (gasps) oh my right now oh my god oh my god what came next so, you know, we thought it was fine. He went to bed. He was, like, a little swollen. And the next morning, he woke up. And I... He was, like, a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. I will post this. His face was completely swollen from, like, his cheeks to his... I mean, everything. <laughs> recognize himself when he looked in the mirror it was the most awful awful thing it was so funny I mean now because he was okay and so um you know we like called the teledoctor and they were like he needs to go to urgent care like right now so we went and they gave him medicine and it's already like so much better um he didn't go to work today because he's like I can't I'm not leaving the house looking like this. um, But yeah, it's getting better and better by the minute. Thank goodness. So that was 
that was the low for sure. I feel really bad for him, but that is my high. <laughs> that's horrible to say. I'm glad he's okay. But that's like in the movies when they like over exaggerate. Like, oh, I can't. I I just can't even handle that. I've never <laughs> seen anything Holy like that cow. in real life. I mean, yeah. I, I will have to. I'll get his permission, but I'll have to post this. I've ne- I've honestly, it, he looks like. What he said he looked like an ogre, which might be putting it nicely. <laughs> yeah, like, for some reason, I like thought like Winnie the Pooh. But like definitely not human. Not yeah. human. Not I'm, human. Like, hope he gives you his permission because you would not even recognize him. So it could be any guy. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Poor yeah. guy. So that yeah, that was like kind of a funny low. I mean, since he's okay. Yeah out to yeah. be kept. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh oh that's so crazy i'm glad he's okay freaking lost i know <sighs> okay well let's go ahead and bring our guest on um his name is brian weisfeld and brian has always built businesses from a gummy bear business as a kid to imax corporation and coupons.com more recently Brian is the founder of The Startup Squad, an initiative dedicated to empowering girls to reach their potential and follow their dreams, whatever their passions. Brian lives in Silicon Valley with his wife and two daughters, and he's here with us today to tell us all about The Startup Squad and girlpreneurship. So let's welcome to the show, Brian. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to talk to you about children and entrepreneurship. No, I'm all about boss ladies and babies. So um, uh, <laughs> let, let, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Before we get going into everything, why don't you go ahead and tell your listeners about yourself, who you are, what you do. We want to know everything. <laughs> well, uh, where do you start? So uh, I'm a Silicon Valley-based New Yorker. Uh, I've got uh, two girls who are 14 and 12 and have spent my career before the Startup Squad scaling and building businesses. Uh, So I was part of a three-person team in the early 1990s that um, bought IMAX, the giant screen movie theater company, and helped to turn it into what IMAX is today. Uh, And then I moved from New York out here about 12 years ago now to help grow and build coupons.com. Um, so join them was just a startup and then help with about a hundred people in the company. And about five years later, we were about 500 people and the revenue had increased tenfold and, um, was getting ready to, to go public. Um, I'm dealing with the pandemic as everyone else is and the smoke and all the other things we have that, uh, 2020 has brought us, but knock on wood, we're, you know, consider ourselves to be very lucky. We've been, um, safe and healthy and, um, just, you know, struggling one day at a time as we all are. And luckily our Wi-Fi can handle virtual school as well as podcasts and all the other things it needs to. Yeah, yeah. All the things that go along with, you know, running a business and a company and all those things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We've also set the bar really low for 2020 now. Like the Wi-Fi is working. Yay. Good day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just read something the other day, like just go into 2021 with no expectations. Don't don't jinx it now. Don't say anything about it getting better because you never know. We all had such high hopes for 2020 and it just did not turn out very well. But <laughs> well, okay, well, we're really excited 
to hear all about the Startup Squad. Why don't you tell everyone what it is? Tell us about the book. Let's dive in a little bit. Sure. The Startup Squad is uh, a novel series that um, I wrote. I was inspired by my girls to write a novel series to get girls interested in entrepreneurship. Um, it's been described as the Babysitter's Club meets Lean In or the Babysitter's Club for the Next Generation. And it's the story of four sixth grade girls. Uh, in the first book, their class is going on a field trip to the local amusement park. And these girls who aren't even aren't friends, they don't even like each other, get thrown together on a team. And each team has to run a competing lemonade stand. And whichever lemonade stand raises the most money, they get to go on a field trip um, to the they get to go to the amusement park and they get the VIP tickets. They get to like cut to the front of the line. And so these girls not only have to figure out how to run a lemonade stamp, but they also have to figure out how to become friends and how to how to work together. And um, what we what we do in the book is there's sort of three parts. We describe them. Uh, I describe them as part inspiration, part information and part aspiration. So the inspiration part is the novel. It's this fun story that's really light on the business stuff and much heavier on the school issues and family issues and friend issues and pets and all the other things you'd expect written uh, in a novel series written for seven to 14 year old uh, kids. Um, but it's meant to have the, have the kids read it and say, wow, that sounds like fun. I want to start my own lemonade stand. Or in the second book, they're running a t-shirt business. I want to start my own t-shirt business. And then in the back of the book, we do two things. Um, we have a nonfiction section where we actually teach the kids business lessons that we draw from the book. So we'll say, hey, we'll say, hey, remember when the, the kids in the story were making a big sign for their lemonade stand? Well, that's actually called marketing. And here's some marketing tips you can use for your business. And so each book has this information section of tips that the kids can use to run their businesses. Um, so in the first book, we cover sales, marketing, merchandising, location. The second book, we cover customer service and negotiation. Um, and, uh, and so then the last part of the book is the aspiration section where we actually have an interview with a girl entrepreneur. And so we, on our website, we have videos of 70 different girls, all between the ages of seven and 16 who run their own businesses. Wow. Everything from girls who just got started to a girl who was just the youngest person ever to be on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine at age 14. Wow. Yes, that is a, I don't know if she's a boss lady or a boss yeah. baby or a, what you call her, but yeah. she's yeah. a boss. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, so in the back of the book, we have an interview with a girl to be um, that runs her own business. And so the idea is they get inspired, kids get inspired by the story to want to start their own business. They, we give them the tools to be able to do a better job of running that business. And then we make them realize that it doesn't just have to be a little business. Here's a kid just like them that can actually run a, um, you know, run a large business on their own. And so that's the startup squad. Macmillan publishes the series. We just released the second book in the series. And I just, we just set the third book in the series to copy editing. So that one comes out on May 4th oh, of next yay. year. So very excited about that one. And um, it's been great. It's doing exactly what I hoped, which is it's inspiring, um, you know, kids, mostly girls to start their own businesses. Yeah, I when I heard of this book, I was so excited because this is nothing that I've really myself thought too much about. You know, we're all about boss ladies and babies like we're these boss women to show our kids, you know, a model for them. But to like really sit back and think, wait, why do we have to show them? for when they're older, we can actually teach them from this age how to be boss babies. I love that so much. And 
so a lot of times we want to inspire our children and for this series to have been inspired by your girls. Well, you touched on that a little bit, but could you dive into that just a little bit more? Yeah. So I had left, um, I had left coupons.com when I was just looking for the next founder or entrepreneur to partner with and help them scale and build their business. Uh, but my older daughter at the time was eight and I watched her try to sell Girl Scout cookies and run a charity bake sale. And she was both times she was so excited to be doing it, but she just didn't know what to do. So like when she, um, with the Girl Scout cookies, she put on her vest and she took a step stool down to the end of our driveway and she set up her cookies, but then she just stood there. And it was actually my wife was the one that said to her, hey, you know, when people walk by, you got to say good morning to get their attention and make sure you look people in the eye when you talk to them. Um, and when she did the charity bake sale, my wife said, tell people the money goes to charity because even if they don't want to buy a brownie, maybe they'll still give you a few bucks. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I didn't really think much of it. I was almost more entertained by it than anything else. I was like, oh, that's so cute. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but then about a month later, I was reading books. Um, I was laying in bed on a Sunday morning reading books with my girls. And I just got frustrated with all of that lowest common denominator marketing to girls. I just had read my daughter one too many pink princess unicorn fairy rainbow books. Mm-hmm. And while I gave those books a ton of credit because they help her imagination and they make her want to learn how to read, I just wanted them to be more of an empowering message at the same time. And so for some reason, I don't know why, but those are two experiences combined in my brain. And I said, I'm going to create this this novel series. Um, and the entertaining part of it is you know, I'm a business guy. I'm not a writer. And so, uh, and I didn't think I'd be the person to write it at the end of the day, but I knew I had to write it to get it down on paper, to test it with girls and to, you know, just show a publisher what I was planning on. Mm-hmm. So truthfully, one of the first things I did is I went out and I bought writing children's books for dummies. Nice. <laughs> and I spent four of the most humbling and hardest years of my entire career learning how to write for kids. Basically, the four years was a hot mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but ultimately was able to create this manuscript and, and sign this deal with Macmillan. And um, yeah, as I said, it was in, you know inspired by seeing my daughters uh, and just realizing that you know, they're just from selling Girl Scout cookies or running a bake sale or a lemonade stand, you get these life skills about looking people in the eye and starting a conversation and self-confidence and dealing with rejection and all those sorts of things. And I just wanted more girls to have that um, that empowering entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I love this. I read a ton of books as a kid, total bookworm. I think I read all the babysitters club books and that those books are great because I'm like, Oh, look at them, you know, going out babysitting. They have their little like company, but it doesn't really give you more than that. And I, I know for me, especially, um, I just, I don't, I still, t- I'm 33. You guys heard that, but I don't have a lot of confidence when it comes to business and sales and marketing, just everything, you know, we're kind of, we're figuring out as we go, but without that, like, confident backbone it's been a lot more of a struggle so I really like the idea of kind of teaching girls that at seven my daughter's seven I'm like okay I can't wait to go through all of this with her get her signed up because this it's I mean you're setting such great groundwork for them for the future and I love it yeah and I think what's beautiful about your you know your listeners of the, the boss ladies that are out there is you know, a lot of girls are looking for those, don't have those role models mm-hmm. of, you know, professional women and women running businesses. And, um, and the fact that, um, 
you know, if, if you are that role model and sharing that with your daughter and getting her started early and, um, you know, experiencing entrepreneurship together can be a, can be a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to pull my daughter into all of my marketing and kind of, you know, she's like my little boss baby, baby assistant, like all these things that you can play off of that. And it's so fun having her just like as a piece of my business. And hopefully she'll include me as a piece of hers one day. <laughs> so actually, let me because uh, I know I know um, uh, that your daughter's a little younger. Let me plug another book. Um, that I think she might enjoy. There's a book called What Does It Mean to Be an Entrepreneur? Hmm. And it's written by uh, uh, two women, Rana DiOrio and Emma Dryden. And I think it does the best description of what it means to be an entrepreneur that I've ever read. It's a picture book. But I, friends of mine that start businesses, I give them the book. And it's basically the story of this um, girl who has the idea to create like a doggy car wash. And it says each each um, page is another picture of her developing the business, but it says, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And so on one page, it'll say, it means saying yes when everyone else is saying no. Mm-hmm. And then each of these page, each time you turn the page, it's another message about what it means to be an entrepreneur. And as I said, it's a picture book. So it's a great way yeah. to um, uh, just to get, to get the, your, your kids started and, and understand that messages and, and just think about businesses they might want to start. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. To check that out for sure. So what made you want to send this message through a book? Because, I mean, nowadays with blogs and YouTube channels and all of that, I really appreciate this medium. But what what led you to that path? So our idea, my idea is to reach and impact girls however we can. Um, So we do have a pretty significant presence online, uh, on our website, on social media, um, we've done some meetups. We've tried to do some after-school programs. I work with a ton of Girl Scout troops. We're actually right now talking to a couple of TV production companies about creating a TV series out of the Startup Squad. Uh, and so when I thought of this idea, I thought that I wanted to try to reach and impact girls as many ways as possible, but that the centerpiece of what we try to do should be a book series. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think these are, you know, this is a great, this is an age where kids are avid readers. And I think if we, especially if we can combine literacy and something that these, that the, these kids might be interested in, then we've got a win-win. And so I always thought from the beginning that it would be the centerpiece of what we wanted to do. Frankly, you know, had I chosen something else, it probably got been able to do this a lot quicker because you know, you know, having to learn how to write definitely yeah, right. slowed things down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the books are uh, the centerpiece of everything that we do. And um, uh, I think a great way to, to reach these kids and uh, also, you know, help in, um, with literacy, especially, you know, for kids that might be struggling or trying to find something that, uh, that appeals to them that they actually want to read. Mm-hmm. So do your girls, you know, with all that being said, being the centerpiece of the startup squad, are they big entrepreneurs themselves already? They have the Girl Scouts. What other kind of entrepreneurial things are they doing? They um, they are both using entrepreneurship in different ways. So my older daughter is very passionate about the environment and climate change, and she mm-hmm. is um, was the the co head of her her middle school's climate awareness club, and. Um, we have a big art and wine festival in our town every summer. It's sort of the biggest event. And so she wanted the she and her had the she and her group had the idea of having a booth at this event. 
And um, it's all adults, but somehow they talked themselves into getting into the event. But the woman said, but you got to pay $100. You got to pay the $100 fee that I can't, you know, I can't not charge you and I'm charging everyone else. So to raise the $100 um, for the fee, her and her friends did a lemonade stand actually at my book launch. Nice. And so, um, and, and then at the event, um, at the, when they raised the money at the art and wine festival, they actually sold, um, potted plants and let people like plant a seed. You could plant an herb and grow your own herbs. Nice. And so they also raised money for the club. And so that's the way that she's used, um, entrepreneurship. My younger daughter, uh, is the one that's always, you could always count on her to have the lemonade stand, um, out front, obviously, you know, pre pandemic, um, mm-hmm. lemonade sales aren't quite what they used to be. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, and that's really her primary thing. And what's interesting is I spoke at the uh, National Conference of Girls Schools summer convention a couple of years ago. And the headmaster of a girls school came up to me and he said, um, can you do me a favor? Can you, there's a message that I'm, I, I think is really important to get out. He said, um, I want girls to understand that it's okay to start a business because they want to earn money mm. just for themselves. And I thought about it and I said, you know, it's really interesting because so many girls start businesses because they want to raise money for the local animal shelter or there's a cause that's important to, and all that's fantastic mm-hmm. and it's great. And I wouldn't want to stop that, but I do want to also make sure that girls understand that it's okay to start a business because they want to make money, right? Mm-hmm. They want to just have money in the bank or they want to buy something or they just, you know, want to run a business. And so interestingly, in our third book, we're going to have that message going a little bit. And so my daughter, my youngest um, is always trying to, uh, earn money for the lo- a local charity or local food bank or local, which is also obviously wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I've also been working with her as well as well to say, okay, well, what about, you know, is there something that you want for yourself and how's about half the money is for something that you want to earn, you want. And, and just to try to do that, um, that same message, although interestingly at dinner tonight, she was talking about the fact that she was $10 short of her goal to donate to one of the, one of the hospitals uh, or their workers. And so I, you know, it's, it's hard to say no to that, but, um, right. so she's still very focused on using entrepreneurship to help, um, other causes, which, you know, I, I, I think is wonderful. And, um, you know, we try to get a little bit of balance there for her. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really like, um, I like the idea of that message. I, my wheels are turning. I yeah. feel like that's, I mean, an important message even for us grown women Mm -hmm. I mean like women are so ingrained to be like nurturing and giving like I know there's a lot of moms out there doing like the side hustle to help with the bills and everything and I don't think women are taught as much that it's okay to want to make money to make money so starting them young I mean hopefully that'll bring about a whole generational shift because that's that's a that's a big lesson for sure and interestingly, so I, it's something that that I'm trying to study a little bit. And so, you know, is it that the it just feels weird to be wanting to earn money, or is it that there's an altruism gene um, that just happens to be stronger in in girls than in boys? And so, I actually have on my desk some research into altruism um, and boys versus girls and gender. And so that's. You know, part of my reading for the week is to try to understand that a little bit more and see if there's any any um, any research or science behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be interesting interested to find out what you find out from that and look into that a little bit over here. I'm just thinking 
you know, that mixed with kind of the whole boss lady mentality that is so trendy and popular right now. I mean, everywhere you go, you see hashtag boss lady, this girl boss that, you know, and that's empowering for us as grown women, meshing those two things together and getting these younger, this younger generation to have a totally different mindset about it's okay to make money mixed with the force that the boss lady movement, for lack of better words, has could just grow this amazing next generation. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said um, that you used the word mindset because something I haven't mentioned here is my goal is not that every girl should grow up to be an entrepreneur. That's not what we're trying to do here. But I, I feel so strongly that that entrepreneurial mindset, mm -hmm. the idea of seeing opportunities instead of problems and getting comfortable with risk and getting comfortable with failure and um, having that growth mindset and learning how to sell something, right? Right now it's a, it's a cup of lemonade, but you know, when you get older, obviously you're always trying to, you know, you're it's always selling something. And so my, I feel so strongly that girls with that entrepreneurial mindset are going to be more successful in life, regardless of the path they choose. They're going to be better doctors and lawyers and moms and teachers and whatever they want to be. And so if they grow up to be entrepreneurs, that's great. But that's not really what this is about. This is about just instilling in these girls these skills. And so, you know, there's a lot of women that just that will have a great idea for a business and a lot of men, too, of course. But they're just not comfortable taking that risk. Right. It's just yeah. a, it's a big step. It's scary. And so if we can develop that risk tolerance in girls and so when they grow up and they have that fantastic idea, they're not afraid to take that risk. That's that's huge. And, um, so I think it's, it's about building that entrepreneurial mindset in girls is, is our primary focus. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the term girlpreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking <laughs> a lot about the girlpreneurs, but what can boy readers take away from the series? So interestingly, we describe ourselves as girl targeted and boy inclusive. Mm -hmm. There's nothing anti-boy about this. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I think it's as important for boys to read about girls as entrepreneurs as it is for girls. Mm -hmm. And so I speak all the time, you know, across the country at schools and libraries, and I speak to co-ed audiences, and I talk about the importance of entrepreneurship on a co-ed basis. Um, so there's certainly, there's absolutely no reason why boys couldn't, couldn't pick this up as well. We just, our primary focus is to, to reach out, uh, to reach out to those girls. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So a little bit for the parents. What tips can you give parents looking to inspire their children when, you know, to pursue something in entrepreneurship? I think there's a few things. One is um, just supporting them. So, you know, when you're when your child comes to you with an idea, great. How can I support you? Mm -hmm. um, and just to, to be there for them, but not to let not to um, not to take over that. Remember, the important thing here is learning about failure and learning about risk. Even if you're running a lemonade stand, more people are going to say no than say yes. And so dealing with that rejection, as we know, we all fail in life, but it's how we respond to that failure is the most important thing. So mm -hmm. I would say uh, the, you know, the most important thing is let your child, uh, first of all, if they're trying to think of a business to start, then start with what are they interested in? Because if it's a business based on something that they're interested in, then they're going to be 
far more passionate about it and more interested in success. If they like animals, they can start a dog walking business or a pet sitting business, or there's hundreds of recipes online for pet treats. You can start baking their own pet treats. Mm-hmm. Um, so find, I guess the two things would be find something that aligns with their interests and let them, let them make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. That's going to be really important. And that's the, you know, one of the most important things we're trying to teach these kids is failure is okay. And so when you're sitting around the dinner table, don't hide your failures. Talk to your kids about, oh, boy, did I have a whopper this week? You know, this is something I really screwed up because they need to understand that everyone fails. And hearing you as your parent, as their parent, what they, what you failed at and what you learned from it and that you were comfortable taking that risk is an incredibly important lesson that you can provide over the, over the dinner table and, and ask them what they failed at this week. Oh, that just gave me chills because I feel like as a parent to a really young kid, it's just like front of mind that I always want to come off as this, you know, perfect person to her, but also being a child, knowing that one day my imperfections are going to show and my kid will end up being totally stunned. So I think just like remembering that and having that permission to let yourself share your failures. And I love that idea of doing around the dinner table. I, that is amazing. I love that you said that. And there's a, there's a famous story. Um, Sarah Blakely, the uh, founder of Spanx tells the story that when she sat around her dinner table as a kid, her dad would say to her and her siblings, what did you fail at this week? And if they had something that they failed at, they would get a high five. Wow. And if they didn't have something they failed at, he would be disappointed. And he'd sort of say, all right, you know, make sure next week you come back to me with something that, that you <laughs> tried and failed at. And that was so important in, in that um, experience. And she says it was a huge part of what gave her the, the confidence to, to, to start Spank and deal with all the rejections and failures that you, you do with when you run a business. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. That's a great yeah. tip. So what do kids need to get started and kick off a business idea if they come to us with one? The great thing is kids have these incredible imaginations. And so they and they also don't have a lot of fear. They don't know what doesn't work. And so um, I, I think all kids need is that idea. And so I just should have share uh, three quick stories of, of girls um, that's, that we profile on our website. Um, uh, this girl named Alina Morse who lives in Michigan, and when she was seven, uh, she went to the bank with her dad, and the teller offered her a lollipop. And her dad said, well, you know, lollipops aren't really very very good for your teeth. And she said, well, why not? I mean, people love eating lollipops. Why can't they be a lollipop that's good for your teeth? And so she did a little research, and she discovered there's stuff, this stuff called xylitol they put in the gum for adults to make mm-hmm. your teeth stronger. And she you know, found a way to put it into lollipops and started this line of lollipops called Zollipops. Uh, And she's just turned 15 and you can buy Zollipops at Walmart and Target and Kroger and CVS and Walgreens across the country. And she's the one who at age 14 was just on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, There's a girl in Austin, Texas named Michaela Michaela Ulmer. And um, when she was four, her parents signed her up for a local business fair. So that's another thing. There are these things called um, the, uh, the uh, a place called the Acton School that runs something called Children's Business Fairs. And I think it's childrensbusinessfair.org. And they run hundreds of these children's business fairs across the country. So it's a great way for your kids to just go and sign up. Obviously, you know, they're not running them right now in the pandemic, but um, keep an eye on, on it for next summer, hopefully. And so uh, she was trying to decide 
a business to start. And while she was thinking, she got stung by a bee twice. And so she started doing research into bees and why bees sting and learned that bees are really important and they're also dying. And so um, she decided she wanted to do something that helps the bees. At the same time, her grandmother sent a family recipe book to, the, to her, uh, and there was a recipe for a flaxseed lemonade in there. And so she decided to make this lemonade and, and flavor it with honey and use a portion of the proceeds to go to the bees and donate money to the bees. So she went to this business fair and sold out of her lemonade at age four. She went wow. back at age five and sold out her lemonade. Um, she's now 16, and Me and the Bees Lemonade is sold at Whole Foods stores across the country. Um, she was on Shark Tank. Uh, Damon John invested in her business, and her book just came out last week. Wow. So, you know, from these just innocent ideas, you never know where it's going to go. And that's one of the amazing things about kids is they have these great ideas, and they don't know what you know what what's supposed to work or not. And that's why letting them go and letting them fail and don't tell them, well, I don't think that's going to work. Let them figure it out for themselves. So, but what if their idea does scare you? You know, it's scary as an adult thinking of a business idea. So what if they have this big, bright idea and, you know, their cute little eyes are so passionate and you're just terrified? <laughs> I think that you've got to take that fear and, re- and put it aside and realize the goal is not for your, you know, six-year-old to become this, you know, mega billionaire based upon this business idea that she has when she was six. Mm -hmm. The goal is for her to learn these life lessons, Mm -hmm. to learn how to get someone interested in a product that she's selling and how to start a conversation with someone, how to look people in the eye and how to convince them to buy a product and how to set the price for a product and do practice her math skills and making sure she's making a profit on it. And where can she buy ingredients cheaper? And how much does it cost to buy lemons at different stores? All those things, that's what the goal is here. So don't be afraid that the business either, either isn't going to work or, or not, but, um, but think about what you can learn from it. And the other thing is you might end up – she may end up having this great idea. I talk to these kids all the time, and the, the parents are now working for the kids' companies mm. because these, <laughs> biz, these ideas have grown so much. I mean the – you know, the, um, the, you know, the, 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 both of the two examples I just gave, the families work for the business because yeah. it's just, it obviously outgrew what a, you know, a 14 or 16 year old kid can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's wonderful. So don't be afraid by those big ideas, just support them. And if it just becomes a learning experience and so be it. Thanks. Oh, I have to admit, I got a little choked up at those stories. Those are so inspiring. I, I, I mean, that's the thing that every day it just keeps me going. These you know, I met a girl who was sewing these. Um, so at this book launch that I did, we had a, a girlpreneur festival. And there was one girl there who had these beautiful pillows and pillowcases. I mean, they was just all, awesome. And I said to her, I said, you know, how these are beautiful. How long have you been selling them? And she said, today's the first day. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And she said, well, I've always loved to sew. She was 12. She said, when I was six, I was six. I've been sewing. And sewing is my passion, but I never thought about selling my products until I heard about the Startup Squad. And so she started this business. And then I went and I met another girl, and she had what looked like a boutique that you could have found in any any big city. It was um, these beautiful um, candles and candle holders. She had these tie-dye purses and shirts. She had, I can't remember else, but she had like three or four different products. It was beautiful. And I said to her, I said, after having just had this other conversation, I said, please don't tell me this is your first business because there's no way I would believe it. She's like, no, it's my second. And I said, oh, my God, 
what was your first business? And she said, I had a lemonade stand once. And her mom was there. And I said to her mom, I said, how do you go from a lemonade stand to this boutique of these beautiful products? And she said, you came and spoke at her school. Wow. Wow. And she just, yeah. And so, as I said, it's just these stories, they just, they, they drive me to just want to get more and more uh, girl, you know, the startup squad into more and more hands and get more and more um, girls excited. And a big part of what I spend a lot of time doing is trying to get the book into the hands of girls who might not otherwise have access to it, mm-hmm. uh, who can't afford to pay eight bucks for a copy of the book. And so I did a program with Girls Inc. of New York City, and we've raised enough. Um, I, I, we're, our goal is to raise enough to donate 10,000 copies of the startup squad to the girls of Girls Inc. And 65% of these girls come from families with a household income of $30,000 a year or less, and they live in New York City. And this was pre-pandemic. And so we're already up to, I think, about 8,000 copies of the book, and hopefully we'll have some exciting news about getting up to 10,000 pretty soon to get these books into these hands of these, these girls that wouldn't otherwise have access to it. That's amazing. That's awesome. And so you're talking TV deals, possibly. You've got your website, these books. What was your goal when you started out on this venture? The goal was really simple. It was just uh, inspire and empower as many girls as possible. That was it. And I didn't know where it was going to take me. Um, you know, I, as I said, I, the, the first goal was let's get, let's get a book out there and let's get it published. And now it's okay. How else can we, can, can we reach and impact girls? But that's really what it's, what it's been about the whole time. And, um, it just, it just feels great to see that, to see that impact. And we've also got a very diverse, uh, group of characters. And when I hear, you know, girls telling their moms, Hey, she looks just like me. You know, that also just, just keeps me going. Yeah. That's great. And have you yourself grown as an entrepreneur while developing the startup squad? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I knew, I knew every step I take in this process is something that I knew nothing about the day before. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the publishing industry, um, was not even, you know, much of a, of a reader. Um, I read more nonfiction and magazines and business biographies than anything else. Um, you know, we talked about TV. I'm learning the TV business right now for the first time. Um, I'm learning about, um, you know, the best ways to get some messages in girls, uh, in front of girls. And so every step has been a learning opportunity, learning about trademarks, which is something I, you know, used to just put the, used to have lawyers that did all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, making changes to a website and updating a blog and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm every day is a new learning opportunity and it's part of what makes it so much fun. I have to say, it's probably really cool for your kids to, to watch you growing in all of these different avenues that you haven't been doing before and, you know, keeps continuing to inspire them as well. You know, it's funny because if you think about it, I've been doing this for about six years. So my youngest is 12. So for half her life and basically all the only thing she, you know, the only part of her life she remembers is I've been working on the startup squad. Mm-hmm. So part of me, sometimes you could tell they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the startup <laughs> squad and girls and entrepreneurship, whatever. Oh, great. You got another book coming out, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, th- there's definitely a part of that, but at the same time, you know, now they're like, oh, wait, can I get a walk on role and, uh, mm-hmm. in the TV show? And so, um, uh, one of the, one of the fun, uh, there was a fun experience where, um, 
my youngest was reading a book and I can't remember who the author was. And she said, um, she said, dad, you're not a real author until you know, and whoever it was. And so I, I went to that author's website and they've just got a contact form. And I said, Hey, I'm, you know, Brian, I'm the author of the startup squad. And my daughter says, I'm not a real author until I know you. And she sent it back a very nice note. Like showed it to my daughter and I was like, so, and she's like, eh, well, you, you don't know this one. And so she kept raising the bar on me, but, um, but yeah, so that was, it's been pretty cool. And, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends now that have, um, that are writing books for, uh, for this age and that my daughters are reading and so, and falling in love with. And so, you know, seeing, having the opportunity to know that we know those authors that are creating this fantastic literature is, is super cool. That's awesome. That's some really great, a great life experience that not a lot of kids get to have. So even though they're kind of like probably sick of hearing the startup squad stuff, I'm sure that it's still, you know, you're definitely still reaching them. How have your kids grown throughout this process? When my, so I, I think that I think of my older daughter, you know, when that eight year old girl who couldn't make eye contact and, um, you know, didn't know how to start a conversation and didn't have any of that confidence. And I see now that, you know, what she's grown into at 14, where she is doing things like talking her way into a, getting a booth at the art and wine festival is the only kid that's doing it and raising money and being so passionate about the environment and doing the things that she's doing. Um, I, I think a lot of that is just, I would like to think a lot of that is, is this process and also this entrepreneurship, um, you know, being, having to talk to strangers for an, for a kid is, you know, it's a hard thing to do, especially since we're always telling our kids, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> but so when it's time for them to actually talk to strangers and, 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 you know, sell whatever their product is, it's really difficult to do. But to be able to do that and gain that self-confidence and realize here's an adult that's buying something from you and you just convinced them to do it. It's so powerful for that self-confidence. And um, I think I've seen a lot of that, you know, uh, with, with, with my older daughter. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, these skills are going to just grow with them into becoming an adult and, you know, that confidence, the eye contact and talking to strangers, that could be so hard for so many of us adults as it is. And it's something, you know, a lot of people constantly work on in their selves and their businesses. What other skills do you think that entre- entrepreneurial experience as a child brings into adulthood? Uh, there's the resilient resilience is a big part of it. Um, just especially in, obviously our kids are learning about a lot about resilience more mm-hmm. now than, oh, than yeah. ever before. Um, but I think it, when you think of just, you know, life as an adult, it's resilience, it's dealing with rejection and dealing with failure and, um, having a positive mindset and looking for opportunities to learn and to grow. Um, all those things I think come from, the, having that entrepreneurial mindset. And that's why I just think it's so important. As I said, it's not about becoming entrepreneurs. It's about developing that mindset because it will make for much more successful adults. Mm-hmm. I wish that I would have had more experience with it as a kid. I remember my first, I guess, business venture was when I was I was either 16 or 17. And one of my good friends and I were so into following different bands around and we just like loved music. And so we also, you know, we're like kind of goody goodies and we put together this event and it was this huge elaborate event that we planned where there were several different bands that came and we called it 
not another teen summer party. And it was, you know, teens against drinking and they were coming here to do something safe to watch this music in a safe place. And we charged people at the door and we paid the bands and we, you know, we thought of everything. And that was the first really big thing that I did. But I didn't really think of it as a business venture. I just more so thought of it as this cool thing that I did. But somewhere in the back of my mind, ever since even that age, I've had this entrepreneurial spirit that, you know, as I get older and older, I tap into more and more. And I wish I really would have, you know, dug into it a little more when I was a child. Yeah, but obviously it you know it had an impact. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, doing what you're doing now is a lot of that is just building on this stuff that had you not had that experience and had you not done that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you who knows, maybe you wouldn't be, you know, comfortable doing everything that you're doing now. And so, you know, when I talk to kids across the country that the this point about risk and failure, one of the things I do is I tell them that entrepreneurs don't say win some, lose some. Entrepreneurs say win some, learn some, because they know that even if they fail, they're going to learn something that's going to help them succeed the next time. And so it's just building that experience and get and and you know as you said, just from your your I'm curious as to what bands you were following around, but um, but building <laughs> that experience of. Uh, of what you did, you know, way back when, I'm, you know, you, I'm sure you don't sit down and think, you know, that today, all right, well, what did I do when I was trying to get that band? Um, yeah. But a lot of those things are just ingrained now in you and you, you're the beneficiary of that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, that's impressive. I didn't know that about you. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I kind of forgot about it until I was like, oh, yeah, I did do something when I was younger. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we have one final question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a dad and an entrepreneur, what would it be? I think when, when I separate my time, I try to truly separate my time. So if I'm spending time with my kids, I'm, you know, hopefully don't have a phone or a computer or anything near me and I'm focusing on them and giving them a hundred percent of my attention. Obviously as an entrepreneur, you know, so much of your attention goes to the business, but I think that that's an, an important part is making sure that when you are, you know, there are moments where you're just present. It could be, you know, on Saturdays, I'm just not going to do anything work-wise. I'm going to focus on the kids or there's an hour in the afternoon. Um, and I think that's what I, that's what I try to do. I mean, that's the the one, I don't want to say a benefit from the pandemic, but you know, one of the nice things is we all have this extra time with our kids. My heart goes out to those with young kids. Um, you know, my girls are 14 and 12. They're pretty self-sufficient. Um, and so I'm sure those with younger kids, it's probably hard to look at some of this extra time with them <laughs> as, as a, as a, as a perk, but, um, it is really a beautiful thing. And we think about, you know, how much extra time we've had with these kids and, um, trying to take advantage of it while we can. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, hopefully also while you guys are stuck at home with your kids, it's a great time to start reading to them or reading, having them read the startup squad. Yeah, (laughs) No better time. Yeah. So I think that about wraps up all our business questions for you today. Yes, before we... Um, right, I'm a little scared about where you're going to go to then, if <laughs> yeah. that wraps up the business side. <laughs> yeah, now for the fun stuff. Time to okay. get a little, a little crazy. So we have a segment called Hot Mess Moments, where we ask our guests to share 
a hot mess moment in their lives. So here you go. You're on the spot. What do you have? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you two if we've got time. One is um, a parenting one and one is a business one. The business one is I was, um, when I was early in my startup, early in writing the startup squad, I submitted the first 10 pages of my manuscript to an editor at a, at a publishing house. And she was going to give me a critique. And I went over to that to her to meet with her for that critique. And I just, I knew she was going to sign me on the spot, right? I mean, she's going to fall in love with it. Uh, and she was so brutal. Um, uh, in next to, in the, I had some dialogue, these six-year-old girls talking, six grade girls talking to each other and next to the dialogue she had written um i find it hard to believe you actually have children have you ever heard them speak <laughs> oh my god so <laughs> that was that i that was hard to take i mean i'm yeah. you know i'm i'm pretty good at but it, at at pulling the the messages out but it was pretty hard to separate the emotion from the message on that oh, one so yeah. um luckily uh, you know, it took me a little while and I was able to realize what she was telling me, which was that my dialogue wasn't realistic. Mm -hmm. um, she was telling me in a very direct way mm -hmm. or indirect as the case may be. And so I actually went out and I took a dialogue writing class um, okay. at a local university and that, you know, started focusing on that. And so, uh, but that was definitely, I felt like a hot mess professionally on that one. And the <laughs> parenting one, um, I can't remember how old my kids were. But my wife was like going away for her first ever girls weekend. My kids were, I don't know, probably, I want to say somewhere, but either like two and four or four and six or something like that. And my wife comes back from the, from the weekend and, um, I open, you know, we open the door to greet her and she looks at the, the two kids and it was clear that neither of them had like combed or washed their hair since she'd walked out the door. And my oldest daughter was wearing a t-shirt that was not only backwards, but was inside out. <laughs> and my wife looked at me and she's like, what, what? And I just, I, I put up my hand and I went, stop. You left me with two. You're coming back and there are still two. <laughs> Nothing else matters. That's a good point. So, that's like the classic leaving the kids with dad. What yeah. you're kind of oh, expecting no. to. Was, it was, yeah. Love it. Oh. Well, they turned out great, it seems like. So, well, knock on wood. So far, so good. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us tonight. Thank you so much for what you're doing for girls around the country. I mean, you're you're doing some really inspirational, impactful things. So thank you so much Thank you for everything that you're doing. Yes. And before we let you go, please tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can support your business. Sure. So we, our website is thestartupsquad.com. Um, we have, there are links there to buy the books from everything from your local independent uh, bookseller to Amazon. Um, we have videos of 70 different girls who start their own businesses. We have resources for parents. We have parent guides and kids activity guides, not only for the startup squad, but, but for a bunch of other books with entrepreneurial themes, including the babysitters club. Um, and then on social media, we are at the startup squad on all the major social media channels. And, um, I'd like to offer, um, uh, two things. One is if anyone is interested in buying a book for their son or daughter, uh, send me an email, uh, at, uh, info at the 
and uh, let me know, send me your address and the name of your child, and I will send out some stickers and bookmarks and some swag and um, can even sign a book plate um, for your child so that they can have a signed copy of the book. And um, for any Girl Scouts out there or troop leaders, I've done a ton of work with Girl Scout troops where we incorporate the startup squad as a learning tool to get the girls more excited about selling cookies and doing a better job of selling cookies. And so if anyone wants information about that as well, same thing, just send me an info at the startup squad.com. Perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure to include links um, for your email, your email address, social and everything like that. So everyone, please go check out the startup squad, get your kids started now. <laughs> more important than ever and um yeah i guess until next week we'll see you then bye thank you for listening to boss ladies and babies if you like this episode be sure to rate review and leave us some feedback make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook and join the conversation in our facebook group at boss ladies and babies and until next time stay, stay bossy, bossy.